It's become an all-too-familiar post-pandemic story. The laptop that costs double because of the chip shortage. Perhaps the components your business ordered were still stuck on the water when your impatient client cancelled. Or the shoes on import that arrived just too late for the party. Well, the good news is that global supply chain disruptions are easing slightly, but don't celebrate just yet. This is no ordinary Wednesday. It's an in-depth look at the events and trends, moving markets, shaping the economy and changing the game. A warm welcome. I'm Jeremy Max. Now, there are clear signs that global supply chains are flowing more freely. Scheduling reliability is improving. Queues at previously congested ports are moving and delivery times are improving. Even investments in logistics infrastructure are picking up globally and here in South Africa. But risks remain. Renewed China-Taiwan tensions, for example. An ongoing energy crisis in Europe now exacerbated by labor tensions. And at home, a go-slow at our already lumbering ports isn't helping. To discuss these and other issues now, let me welcome Head of Logistics, Dennis Hobson, and Head of Corporate Leverage Finance, Tarina Benny van Dijk. To both of you, a very warm welcome. And Tarina, I'm going to come to you first of all. Let's start with an overall assessment here. In terms of supply chains, are things starting to ease slightly, as I've already mentioned in the introduction? Jeremy, yes, I dare say that the pressure on the supply chain is easing. When we speak to our clients, the feedback is that they get more or less 95% of the stock or the inventory that they are ordering. So it's definitely opening up. But challenges remain and I expect will remain for some time in the future. And we're going to get to some of those challenges in just a moment. Dennis, what's your assessment of the situation from a broad perspective? So there's definitely been some routes of improvement across the globe. I mean, we're not out the woods yet. And just to give you an, an idea, your schedule reliability is still it's only around 40% on time. So even though it's improving, there's still major bottlenecks, especially in Europe and the USA, where tracking shortages and port congestion remains the biggest headache right now. And we are going to get to the local situation in just a while. But let's go abroad, if we can, to start with. How concerned are you, Dennis, about a full-blown conflict then between China and Taiwan? Inevitably, I imagine, this would have a detrimental impact on global supply chains. I mean, the consequence would be catastrophic if it all all played out in the worst-case scenario. There's lots at stake right now. Politically, it's a big area to watch. You know, if, if they had to go into full-blown war, we'd see you know, significant impacts on supply chains. You've got the Strait of Taiwan, where about 48% of global container ships actually pass through. So, you know, never mind the delays to shipping, you know, have a big impact on manufacturing output in China. We're likely to see trade wars, sanctions, and obviously there'll be increased costs and potentially you know, shortage of stock again, and especially in the high tech space. So it's in no one's interest for any war to go ahead right now or ever. And as we record this conversation, we're on day 173 of the Russian war in Ukraine. Those disruptions are also having a negative impact globally. Yes, and we're still feeling you know, the impacts, especially in Europe, where there's still the possibility that Russia cuts off gas supply to Germany. We've seen energy shortages throughout Europe as well. 
And then also the trucking side and, and rail side also been heavily impacted. And that's leading to all sorts of different delays from cargo being collected, cargo being cleared out from ports. The fuel prices obviously increased. So that increased, you know, multiple input costs across the board. And, you know, really it's created a situation of unpredictability again. So Europe used to be a very stable trade, but, you know, since the, the war, we've seen a lot of disruption. And on top of that, there's also been numerous labor strikes throughout Europe, the likes of Germany, you know, they've had in, in Italy, Spain, France. So it's really a bit of a nightmare at the moment. So let's look now at the business side of the equation, Dennis, and let's start off with importers if we can. Presumably not only adding time lag, but as you've just mentioned, also there's a higher cost from multiple different sources. Yes, correct. The, big, the biggest challenge right now is really around you know, lead times and predictability around that, as well as in the input costs increasing. So, you know, for your importers who you know, have planned their supply chain and used to be a relatively stable supply chain coming in from Europe, it's really created you know, stock shortages, higher input costs, and even, you know, suppliers not being able to confirm when they will actually be able to meet production deadlines. So, you know, with that then comes possibility of needing to air freight cargo in due to the, the time sensitivity of it. And then you also have a situation with port congestion and the strikes that I mentioned earlier is vessels or shipping lines start emitting certain ports. So that creates further rollovers, further delays for getting cargo moving. And that just then snowballs throughout the entire supply chain all the way back into South Africa and the pressure that it puts on our ports and, and importers back here again. And that snowball effect is also causing a degree of frustration amongst exporters. Difficult to do business. Absolutely. And especially this time of the year where, you know, your exports going, you know, back into to Europe and even the USA is really centered around the citrus season. We're in the peak of that. So your shipping lines tend to prioritize the, the reefer shipments. And your other general cargo and hazardous cargo, like chemicals, for example, it's very difficult to find capacity on those vessels. So there's significant delays in shipping again, which can also impact exporters' cash flows because they've invested in, in the raw materials and got production done in time, but they can't actually ship out in time and be paid on time. So it's really creating headaches and cash flow constraints for exporters as well. All right, Dennis, thank you very much indeed. That's the big global picture. Tarina, let's bring it home now and talk about the impact domestically, if we can. What is the impact on business in this country? In other words, who's not receiving what in time? Jeremy, the supply chain squeeze is affecting so many of our clients in a range of industries, actually. We are all aware of the chip shortages and its impact, but our clients in the clothing industry, the payments processing industries, the retail industries, they're all affected by the supply crunch. Dennis was talking about the war in Ukraine uh, earlier. So some of our clients with commodities as input, specifically in the agri-sector, were also affected by a sudden increase in the spot price of commodities. And they had to deal with this price shock in addition to the logistical difficulties. So how do businesses deal with this volatility and unpredictably? It's such a difficult landscape to navigate isn't it, Tarina? It, it is so hard, Jeremy. Entrepreneurs and business owners, they just have to continue to roll with the punches, uh, so to speak. South Africans are generally quite resilient, and our clients had to be very agile in responding to these challenges. Some clients had excess stock or older stock that they were and are able to sell as they await orders to be fulfilled. Others anticipated a supply chain squeeze 
with supply squeeze early on, and they ordered more stock than usual, and this carried them through the storm. Others, like Dennis have pointed out earlier, have negotiated alternative delivery methods, such as air freight, um, as opposed to, to shipping. One of our clients in the clothing industry specifically switched to air freight, but the import volumes that can be moved by aeroplanes is lower relative to what can be moved by shipping. And unfortunately, with the fuel price rising, air freight transportation costs have also shot up, so making this a less viable option. So there might then, if I'm hearing you correctly, be a positive upside to this. Companies could be more inclined to seek local sources of supply, which I imagine might have a beneficial impact on our economy. Yes, our clients are certainly rethinking their supply chain relationships and bringing production local is a consideration amongst others. As an example, one of our clients in the payments processing space have commenced engagement with local manufacturers to develop the capability to produce critical input material here in South Africa. But often these components are quite specialized and therefore it will require time and money to be invested in training people and developing factory lines before reliance on imports can be materially reduced. But yes, a longer term view to shorten supply chains and to develop local skills are considerations for a number of local businesses. We are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. I would like to remind you that a new episode of No Ordinary Wednesday drops every fortnight. Don't miss it. Subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the channel, please rate us. Dennis, back to the backlogs. Wage negotiations at South African ports are ongoing. What kind of impact is this having on operations? So currently there's a bit of a go slow at the ports in terms of their productivity and the number of units being moved per hour. That obviously translates into vessels berthing later, creating port congestion within the port, but also adding on to the lead time in terms of when cargo is available for clients to collect from port. Now, the worrying side is if they don't come to any kind of agreement anytime soon, that there's a possibility of strikes, which would really hurt our supply chains significantly right now. So for example, if there are if strikes do go ahead, shipping lines are likely to start emitting South African ports or discharging cargo to alternative ports in other countries, which then again adds to lead time and costs and could result in some product shortages too. So it's not a great situation right now. Hopefully they do come to an agreement soon and we can see uh, productivity increasing again. Mm. And in that respect, obviously, as you say, time is of the essence, but not necessarily all bad news. We've discussed this previously. Government has pledged to invest heavily in port and rail infrastructure. What kind of improvements then are on the cards? But again, back to timelines, Dennis. It's critical that this is done sooner rather than later. It could take a long time for these improvements to materialize. So I think if it comes down to the infrastructure or investment plans, you know, it's over five-year type of timeline, we've come to know that these things do take longer than, than initially anticipated and also what's communicated to the market. So, you know, it's really, there, there are quite a few RFPs out at the moment, Transnet inviting for proposals and submissions, but it is very encouraging that, you know, these channels have been opened up and there seems to be a lot more tangible efforts being made right now to kickstart some of these projects. There's a significant amount of money being raised for these investment projects and upgrades, and that's really going to be a significant boost for, one, our economy as well as the overall efficiency of supply chain. So it is very encouraging, and let's just hold thumbs that all of these things do come to fruition soon. 
All right, so we've looked at the international picture. We've looked at the local picture. In light then of these developments, Dennis, do you think that an end to these supply chain woes is imminent or do you think we're simply heading into a more volatile and unpredictable world where businesses can't rely any longer on predictability and free-flowing logistics corridors? And to Tarina's point, we all simply have to become more resilient. So I think resilience is something that a lot of importers and exporters have been quite good at, especially in the last two years. You know, there's always going to be some form of disruption somewhere in the world that's going to have an impact on uh, one or multiple industries. The outlook is that from a capacity point of view and on the shipping side, that there won't be any significant improvements this year. We'll probably start to see more tangible improvements coming through in the second half of next year. And that's on the back of new ship builds coming into the market. And then in 2024, there's a significant amount of new capacity coming in. So you know that's going to put pressure on shipping lines to remain competitive, reduce rates, because they need to get these vessels sailing full. So it'll create competition within the shipping industry itself or the between the shipping lines. And hopefully with the capacity coming in and some port investment that's been taking place around the world, that we'll see less port congestion, which will allow these shipping lines to actually provide a service you know, in terms of what they've published in lead times and routing. So that will bring some form of predictability, reduce uh, conversion from sea freight to air freight for certain clients. So that's, you know, that's also very encouraging for importers that, that rely on sea freight um, and only use air freight as an exception. And with that as well, there's likely to be an overall reduction in landed costs. So that'll also help from an inflation point of view too. Tuina, I'm going to give the final word to you. Given that resilience is almost inbuilt into South African businesses' DNA through these tough times, besides resilience, what have been some of the other lessons for businesses, do you think? Now, Jeremy, across the board, a number of our clients relying on imports are evaluating their supply chain management. When we speak to our clients, some of the lessons that they've learned in addition to being resilient is the need to pick the right shipping forwarding agent and to try and diversify the supply chain. In other words, the power to pivot fairly swiftly from one supplier to another. But largely, business owners are increasing their investment in stock. This is naturally more costly, but one needs to weigh up these additional costs against the ability to keep the doors open and continue trading. Another consideration is obviously the ease of passing these costs on to the end users and the ability to defend margins. That will be unique to each industry and each company, but certainly business owners are having to walk this tightrope. I do appreciate the insight. Uh, Tarina Benny van Dijk, Dennis Hobson, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of No Ordinary Wednesday. Please join us again on the 31st of August as we continue to explore money trends shaping your world. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, search for Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button. Until next time, goodbye from me, Jeremy Maggs, and the entire Focus Radio team. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Limited and subsidiaries, authorized financial service providers, registered credit providers, and long-term insurer.